Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm with Big Al Clopine. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, halfway home, Al. One hour in the books. Second hour starting now. Yeah, we are. And it's, uh, you know, it's always a successful first hour. We haven't been yanked off the air. Not so yet. That's, uh, that's always good. We're talking about this Forbes um, article um, with the American College did a survey of a bunch of um, individuals. Most of them had significant assets over the age of 55. Yeah, exactly. And they were looking at, all right, well, what is the competency, you know, financial literacy rates Right, here? it was a quiz, right? The American College of Financial Services came up with a 38-question quiz. And I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing how many people did poorly on this. In fact, about 20% of the people passed. In other words, they got a score of 60% or higher. 80% couldn't even get a D. They, they failed. 1% got 90% or higher, less than 1%. Less than 1%, that's right. And then, what, 5% got between 80 and 90? No, 1%. Oh, 1%. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. One, only 1% got between 80 so, and 90. So, yeah, so A's and B's were less than 2%. And then um, 5% for people that got 70 to 80% correct. Correct, yeah. And then most of it was D's and F's. Yeah, f- yeah, fourteen, percent got a D, six, eighty percent got an F. So, anyway, we've been, you know, first hour we did some questions, and uh, you know, I got a couple more that are kind of good. Uh, and and so let's see how you do. This this is kind of a good one, Joe. This requires a little bit of thought, maybe. Oh. So you got to pay attention. Saturday morning. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Wh- which of the following strategies? is least likely to improve retirement security. So it's least, it's the least likely of the three to improve retirement security. Number one, saving an additional 3% of salary in the five years prior to retirement. Number two, deferring social security benefits for two years longer than originally planned. Or number three, working for two years past the planned retirement date. Let me say it again because it's a little, you have to kind of get your arms around it. Which of the following strategies is least likely to improve retirement security? Saving an additional 3% of salary for five years prior to retirement, deferring Social Security benefits for two years longer than originally planned, or working two years past the retirement date, the planned retirement date? Okay, well, let's break it all down. I think all of them will help individuals have higher financial security no question they all help but but one of these is not as helpful as the other two okay all right well so you think hey if i save three percent more uh for five years yes of my salary right um okay so that's pretty good so if i save three so make hundred hundred thousand a year right right just do, do that number so next to three thousand saved per year well, it's about fifteen thousand, right, over five years. Okay, and plus growth. Yeah, plus growth. Hopefully. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. that's one of them. And then if I delayed my retirement, okay, so I get an eight percent increase in my overall Social Security benefits each year that I delay after full retirement. Is that what they're referring to? Yes. Uh-huh. Because it, it could be 
if I retired at, let's say, 62, yes. then I'm not getting an 8% increase. I'd probably only get close to a 6% increase until my full retirement age. Correct. And then from there, it's a delayed retirement credit of 8%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So don't make too much out of this. Then, <laughs> if I work an extra two years. Now, the extra two years is huge. Yes. Because... What you're doing if you work, I mean, Alan and I have, have, have done this many, many times, is that if you work an extra two years, that means that's two years less that you're taking from your portfolio. That's two years more that you're deferring your overall Social Security benefits, right? right? So you're going to receive that 8% increase per year because you're not going, oh, well, it doesn't assume if they're going to take the Social Security benefits. No, but, but still, I mean... You're right. It doesn't necessarily assume that, but you're. I think you're on the right track, which is if you work two years longer than you were expecting, that's a huge difference in your retirement. Because that would be more beneficial than if you saved 3% more. I agree. Right? Yeah. So that's number one. That's the best thing that people can do. Work yeah. a couple more years. because I, that's. I, I agree with you. And it doesn't say that here, but we already know that because we've done the math. Okay. And then so the second one is that, all right, I'm going to delay my Social Security for two years. Correct. All right. And so that's an 8% increase over those two years. Um, and then that is a fixed number for the rest of my life. Correct. Versus saving 3% more per year. I'm saying saving 3% more would probably be the least. That is the correct answer. And see, that's a tough one, right? Because you don't really know until you kind of think about it. And I guess the, here's the takeaway, at least the way I look at it, is working two extra years or delaying Social Security makes a big, right. big difference in your retirement success. And so if you think about it, like people, oh, you got to save more, save more, save more, save more. Okay, well, just work a couple extra years. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I mean, sometimes we have, I mean, is this you? You're 50-year-old and you haven't really started? So you're thinking, well, I'd sure like to retire at 60. Well, wouldn't we all? But what if you, instead of retiring at 60, you work till 65 or even 70? Your retirement is going to be fundamentally different as long as you start saving now. Right. Right? Those extra few years make a big difference. And, and also, here's another way to say it. When you're in your 30s, let's say you're doing the right thing. You're saving X percent of your salary, and each year goes along. Ten years in, you got a little bit saved 20 years in oh that's getting better pretty good 30 years in, ooh, that's starting to get meaningful if you can get the 35 years of savings right they the compounding is phenomenal that's why just by adding a couple of years in, in your workforce and saving and deferring that social security we've seen cases where people run out of money in their late 70s early 80s to, to where they're just fine just by doing working those couple extra years and of course there's a lot of factors but it's it's pretty interesting and you might think that well wait a minute i just got to save a little bit more for five years and that's actually less i want you to save but it's less effective than working longer yeah right i mean i think most of our listeners would be wow man if you just save a little bit more money yeah you know? yeah um, now, yeah now I if you that... say if you save if you save three percent more for 20 years or 30 years yeah now you that, got something now you got right something, right uh, but unfortunately that's just not the case but it's never too late to start. I think right. people in their 50s, if they haven't saved anything, people in their 60s that haven't saved anything, I mean, they feel a sense of hopelessness. Right. And and so they don't do anything, which is now the opposite that they got to do. They got to do something and they got got to get started now. And, and the thing is, if you know that you're behind the eight ball, you got to you got to either do this yourself or you got to sit down with a professional and figure this out and go, "Okay, how can I successfully retire and at what lifestyle?" And then you start putting those things into place. You get a written plan. Now you know what you're supposed to do. Now all of a sudden there's peace of mind where you didn't have it when it comes to financial matters because you've been putting it off, putting it off and it's like, "You know what? I don't want to think about it. It's too painful." Because it's intimidating too. Right. You know what I mean? Um 
I do not understand electronics at all. At all. Setting, you know, I, I, I probably can't even set up a VCR. <laughs> and that tells you how bad I am because I have a VCR. <laughs> right? It's now like, there's, uh, we, you know we've moved on to DVRs. Or, today, this morning, I figured out, out of pure chance... Of that, uh, I, I like to listen to Pandora. Yes. Okay. So okay. I, uh, it's on my phone. Put yeah. my headphones in. Hit Pandora. There I go. Okay. I'm good to go. Right. And then, so in the mornings, I get up at five. Right. Go work out. And then I used to walk. Now I have to drive. And so, but I, I wanted to listen to my music. Right. right. Just gets me in the the yeah. zen. Right. Sure. And then, so the radio, you know, wasn't. I'm like, man, I, you know what I'm gonna do? Because it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm just gonna listen to my headphones. Right. While I'm driving. Yeah. So I put in Pandora in my car. Drive. Now, uh, you know that's illegal. Yeah, well, okay, come and arrest me. <laughs> okay, whatever. So I'm driving, and then all of a sudden it cuts out. And I'm like, man, just my luck. Yeah, it doesn't you know? work. doesn't work. doesn't work. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Right? So I unplug it, plug it back in. Works for about two seconds. doesn't work. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the hell? And then I just hit this button on my car. Next thing you know, boom, Pandora's in my car. Been in my car for five years. Had no idea I could play Pandora in my car. <laughs> That's how bad I am. So, and so I'm intimidated, okay. right, you know, right. when it comes to this, like, setting it up. And then I'm, right. oh, I'm going to forget my password and all this right, other crap. Right, right. I mean, I'm in my 40s. I should know this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't. So I always defer it. I think people feel that same way with their overall finances. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They don't want to deal with it. So they just push it they off. They push it off. They go, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend the time. I don't know what to do. Right. Uh, I mean, and right now, this time, it's a little tricky, you know, um, because you have to worry about inflation. You have to worry about negative interest rates. You have to worry about longevity, the volatility on, uh, you know, Wall Street right now. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's really tricky to retire. We got to take a break. Jill's got your money. Well. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Uh, my name is Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. Uh, Big Al Clopine's next to me. He's a CPA. Uh, go to purefinancial.com. Hey, last week we talked all about Social Security. Uh, there's a, a significant changes going on with Social Security. Uh, we did a webinar uh, because of the huge response that we received. So if you would like to sit in the comfort of your own home and uh, listen to me for an hour um, and a webinar, you can go to purefinancial.com or no, purefinancial slash social security. Got it. Okay. Or just go to purefinancial.com. Yeah. yeah Megan you... will say, no, go slash social, but they can still get it at purefinancial.com. Yeah. How do they get there? You go to purefinancial.com, and then once you go there, it'll, poop, it will pop up. Oh, Would you like to up? go to our Social Security? Oh, well, that's easy. It's technology. You don't need the slash. No. But then you have to say forward slash or backward slash. Let's just slash it up. <laughs> Who cares? You'll figure it out. If it doesn't happen with one slash, you do try, another try slash. Try the other one. And then do a hyphen. I don't know. Do an underscore. <laughs> just keep trying one. Keep trying it. You'll find it. You'll get there. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hey, um, I want to briefly, real briefly, um, th th there's a lot of talk this week, and it made a little ruckus. Um, Janet Yellen spoke. Yes. And when it comes to interest rates, and can we have negative interest rates? So there's an uh, article that came out by Adam Hayes. Uh, he's a CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. Um, and then he was basically saying, you know, for a long time, economists believed that nominal interest rates, or the amount of money received for depositing money uh, was theoretically bound to zero, right, on the downside. Sure. So you're thinking, all right, well, here, if I, I can't 
it's zero. They're not going to take my money. If I yeah. put, you know, get a CD, it's going to be zero. Right. Not negative. Yeah. So, uh, but lately, however, central banks from Europe to Japan have implemented a negative interest rate policy in order to stimulate the economic growth. Um, how is this lower bound broken? Hmm, interesting. So first, you got to look at nominal, right, versus real rate of return. It's it's because of inflation, Alan. Did sure. you? Uh, because we've had this before. Yes. Right. Right. Because let's say, for instance, um, if the central bank sets its nominal rate at one percent annualized, and inflation is two percent, the real rate of return would effectively be negative one. So, for example, you put $100 into a bank, it would grow to $101 after 12 months, but it would only be worth $98.98 in terms of buying power after inflation. Yeah, because things are more expensive. Exactly. You got more money, but the things are even more expensive. They went up higher than your money did. So, when you look at this, all right, so the negative nominal rates that have been in the news as central banks seek to stimulate their staggering economics affect a very specific rate that only impacts members of the banking or financial system. Uh, the central bank's overnight interbank lending rate, examples are LIBOR, um, is how much banks charge each other to borrow, uh, borrow short-term reserves within the central bank. All right, blah, 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 blah. So it gets a little confusing, but when people think of negative, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Is this going to have a tumbling effect? Well, it's just the overnight rate, in a sense, sure, sure. and it's very, very short term. So the overnight interest rates um, is this basis for nearly every other interest rate, including those uh, retail bank deposits. Over a long term, it could have effect, right? But people, I think, are reacting when they hear this, like it's going to happen tomorrow right? if they implement it. Um, so it's like, what's going to happen with my CD? So I give the money to get, try to get an interest rate for my CD, but wait a minute, they're going to take money for me yeah, to deposit it. Wait a minute, I give you money for the CD and I and I have to pay you? Yeah. Right. Well, sure you do, because I'm holding it for you. Yeah, exactly. you got to pay me. No, then that's where Folgers Coffee comes in. Because yeah, then your coffee you'd... cups, you bet. Yeah, you bet. no, yeah. you get your the cans. Folgers. Yeah, the cans, cans right? Yeah, yeah. Do they even have Folgers Coffee cans anymore? I think so, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, Starbucks has taken over a lot of the market. But, yeah, they're still there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the bottom line is this. Uh, Japan now joins uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank, Sweden, Switzerland, and Denmark in enacting a negative interest rate policy in order to kickstart the economy. The goal is to discourage financial institutions from hoarding cash and instead to lend or invest it, while only specific funds held by the banking sector will be subject to paying negative interest rates. It has the potential to lower interest rates across the board, making it easier to borrow money for all. At the same time, such a move to negative rates may um, imply that central banks are out of ammunition in combating uh, recessionary pressures in the economy, and this fails to produce good results. There may be nothing left to do. Well, we could do another QE, QE4. QE4 operation twist. Twist. Uh, well, it's it's. I think uh, this stuff is kind of hard to understand for most of us. But to to me, the uh, the the crux of this is to try to get the rates as low as possible, maybe even free, 
maybe you, maybe you pay the banks to take money so they can lend it out at lower rates. So you and I can borrow. We can buy homes, we can buy cars, businesses can buy equipment, and it spurs on the economy. And so that, that, that can work. There's no question about that. But the downside of that is if you go too far, inflation rears its ugly head, and we get going too fast, and then all of a sudden, you guys remember inflation? In the 1970s, early 1980s, where it was 10, 12, 14, 16% per year. Remember the Carter years? Huge inflation. And, of course, that's the, that's the negative side of this. And that's why if we do something like this, we want to be really careful not to keep it too low for too long. So uh, we got to take a break. Uh, but when we get back, um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the president's budget proposal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to eliminate a lot of interesting things. We've been talking about this, uh, but there's a new um, – he's stuck something else in there. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. It's going to affect everyone. It is. Everyone. I mean, um, you're right, everyone. Every person that has a dollar <laughs> it's going to affect you. <laughs> so, you know, right? Oh, boy. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. A couple of things before we go. Go to, um, um, before we hit the break, go to purefinancial.com uh, uh, or purefinancial slash social security if you want to go to the social security webinar that we are having, um, I think, next week. So there's a lot of changes that are going on with the social security benefits. Um, and you want to make sure that you're ahead of the curve here so you get the information and knowledge that you need to not leave um, some dollars on the table. So go to purefinancial uh, slash Social Security. Yeah. Go, just go to purefinancial.com. I don't even know what I'm talking <laughs> and, about. And wait for the pop-up to come. Should, should, um, do I go to purefinancial.com slash Social Security? <laughs> I should have wrote this well, down. Then, well, then you, get, you do. I mean, literally, you have to say forward slash or backward slash. Okay. Because there's two slashes. Purefinancial.com slash <laughs> Social Security. Forward. <laughs> Try them both. I'm sure one's going to work. All right. Let's just, yeah, go to the website. It's um, it's an hour. It's I, I, I try to get it. Um, we'll try to get it under an hour. Um, then you can ask questions and things like that. So, so, so it's going to be live, what, is it next week or a week yeah, after? I don't, I don't know. Check the website. Check the website, purefinancial.com. Yeah. Okay. Go there. It's got really good information on we it. We have no idea. We're only doing it. Yeah. Well, actually, you're doing it with David Cook. Yes. I just get told what to, you know, hey, you're doing the Social Security webinar, and I forget the date. Right. And then it's like, just tell them purefinancial.com or slash Social Security. Yeah, right. And I don't know where the dot com goes in. <laughs> So, I think maybe the system puts it, Google puts it in there for you. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. I don't think. Like, do you even have to do www? No, anymore? You, don't, you don't have to do that. HTTP no, forward slash no, forward slash. No, no, no. I have stuff. AOL. Well, <laughs> you might. <laughs> it takes me a while to dial up. <laughs> you have that original World Wide Web. Yep, the yep. DOS version. Uh-huh. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's really good. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. We'll be back in a second. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Uh, Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Want to get into the uh, president's budget proposal. Yeah, so I think, yeah, he kind of threw in a lot of stuff, didn't he? Yes, and uh, you know we're a financial planning show, so we want to talk about the things that are going to affect your overall financial future here sure, uh, sure. when it comes to financial plans. So here's uh, what they're trying to eliminate: the backdoor Roth IRA, yes, the stretch IRA, and step up 
in cost basis at death. Yeah, now that's the new one. We hadn't heard that before. Right. Well, I mean, I don't see where, um, I didn't read where NUA was on it. No, that's interesting, huh? Because, I mean, last year it was it was step up and, it, no, it was it was the backdoor Roth, it was the NUA net unrealized depreciation. If you have company stock in your 401k, there's special tax treatment to take it out of there. And stretch IRA. So those are the things that, but yeah, so this is new, step up in basis. Yeah. Interesting. Very so, interesting. So here's, here's the way it works is, and I think a lot of people don't realize this. So, so when you pass away, your assets get stepped up to whatever they're worth at the date of death. So let's just say you bought a home for $100,000 and now it's worth a million dollars. And you pass away. You didn't sell it, you pass away. So your kids get it. And what's, and if they sell it, do they have? They sell it for a million dollars. Do they have to pay gains on the nine hundred thousand dollar gain? The answer is no. It's a step up in basis. So it's as if your children bought that asset for a million dollars. So it works with stocks, with real estate, with anything outside of your retirement account gets that step up in basis. There's actually a couple exceptions, but almost everything outside of your retirement now they're saying in in the current budget maybe we don't want to do that anymore. Actually, I just found it. It's back in there. Oh, the NUA? Yep. So here's the okay. um, Obama's um, proposed crackdowns. Crackdowns. Okay. So retirement planning. So let's start there. So uh, prevent Roth conversions of after-tax dollars, eliminating the backdoor Roth IRA contributions. Right. So what that is, is that if you put money into an IRA, right, because I'm over the income threshold. Yeah, because if you're if you're married, your income has to be below one hundred ninety four thousand dollars to do any Roth contribution, and if it's single, it's I think one hundred thirty two thousand, yeah. give or take. So it's like, okay, well, I make more than that, but I still want to put money into a Roth. Well, there's no income limitations on doing conversions. Yeah, or regular IRA contributions, right. and, and and you don't get a tax deduction. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So you're saying, I can't do a Roth contribution, but I can do a regular IRA contribution for $5,500 or $6,500 if I'm 50 and older. I can do that, and then I can convert those dollars to a Roth, and since I didn't get a tax deduction, I don't have to pay any tax on that conversion, which if you follow kind of the logic, it's the same as a contribution. It's just one just, extra step. just a backdoor way to do it. Yeah, and, that, and that's assuming that you don't have any IRAs because there's a pro rata and aggregation rule, sure. which we can discuss at a later time. Um, all right, here's something. Uh, adding RMDs at age 70 and a half for Roth accounts. For Roth accounts, yeah, they, that's been talked about. So you put money into a Roth IRA, grows 100% tax-free, uh, but now... They might say, hey, you have to take a required distribution from that account. Yeah. Well, if you take a required distribution from a Roth, it's still going to be tax-free. Still tax-free, but the current rule is you get money to a Roth IRA, you don't have to ever touch it, at least over your life and your spouse's life. Now, if your kids inherit it, they have to take a required distribution simply because the government doesn't want us to have these things go on for generation after generation. Here is the problem with that. They're going to have to – because – what I would say, I don't know, if you look back, Al, you've been a CPA for 30 years plus, is that 100% of the time when they change the law, they grandfather old people in? Yeah, that is that is the normal case, yeah. Okay. So now, let's say I have a Roth IRA, so I'm grandfathered on that, and then so all future Roth contributions are going to have to take an RMD. How are they going to code that? How would they straighten that out? Yeah, you know, or, what they, you know the way they probably do, Joe. Or let's they, say if they don't grandfather, I mean, well, what kind of anarchy would that bring? Well, they they would they probably do this. They probably say if you're 50 years and older, you don't have to do the RMD. If you're below 50, you do. I mean, I'm just guessing. That's how they've done something like that before. So we'll we'll see. 
Uh, here's another one. So uh, to require five-year rule for non-spouse IRA beneficiaries. So eliminating the stretch. So what the stretch IRA, so if, uh, your retirement accounts, you, you built that thing up, a million, three, four, five million bucks, whatever it is, maybe 500,000, 200,000, 50,000. You die. And if it goes to a non-spouse, that non-spouse today can say, you know what, I'm only going to take a required distribution out of that account over my life expectancy. So if I'm a uh, young person, my life expectancy is many years from now, so I can take a very small uh, portion or percentage out of the account. That would be eliminated. They would say, you know what, I, it doesn't matter. You need to take everything out within five years. So if it's a large account, your non-spouse beneficiaries are going to pay a ton of tax in those accounts if you have a large balance in those accounts. Yeah, that's right. And, and Joe, that's because that, like, let's just say you have $2 million in your IRA and you just have one child. So that means they've got to take, what, $400,000 out per year? over five years to get that out. Or they could let it defer to the fifth year they could and then take, take everything out and blow out. them really so far. So think about this. So your son or daughter, all right, they're successful, maybe not off the charts, but they're making $100,000, whatever. What happens if you add a, another 400000 of income? What kind of tax bracket are they going to be in? And then all of a sudden, all this money that you spent all these years saving, it just evaporates because your kids are in the highest tax rate. Right. So then it just puts them all the way up to 40% tax rate federal, 10% state, 50%. Yeah, 50% is, is right. Is ex exactly right. And I, and I guess we should say this is a proposal. This is not law. This is a proposal. And chances are it won't pass because <laughs> the last three years this has been in there and it hasn't passed. And then, uh, yeah, but, 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 but at least you know kind of where some of our government is going, right? Well, you, you know why they're changing the tune here because people have saved a ton of money in these retirement I, accounts. I, right, exactly. Twenty-four trillion dollars are in those accounts. Yeah, and so of course it depends who's going to be in office. But I would, um, I would kind of say to me. <laughs> It doesn't really matter who gets into office because Republican or Democrat, they're not going to be in there forever. We're going to have different parties in. And if this is the agenda on one of our parties, uh, chances are it's going to happen at some point. And the, the part of the thinking is, and I guess there's a certain amount of logic in it, is that the, uh, the IRA accounts weren't really designed for your kids anyway, right? So they should just have to take it out. They were designed for you. Right. It's a for retirement you, account. For it's your not retirement. necessarily a legacy. Right. It's not supposed to necessarily be stretched, but the stretch was a really good rule because then it, it keeps the kids out of the higher tax brackets. Right. And they can parlay that wealth. I right. mean, it, it can grow But one of the things I would say is this. if We don't know if this is going to happen or if, if so, when, but you know that this is kind of what the government's thinking. This has been in the, in the budget proposal the last three or four years. And so if you know that, then it gets doubly more important to start making sure that you convert some of your more of your IRAs, more of your 401k dollars, so that when the kids inherit that, yes, they might have to take that out in five years, but it's tax-free to them. A Roth IRA is tax-free to them keeping them out of higher brackets. And if people only knew how many important reasons there were to convert Roths, they would they would be doing those like crazy. Especially right now, Joe, because the market is down. You want to convert while assets are down because if you convert now and the recovery, future growth is in the Roth IRA, it's all tax-free. It's huge. 
And so uh, one last thing is that now uh, there's a couple more. Well, actually, I got a ton more. Yeah. Um, and, and so right now, Al, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But there's this is written as a proposal. Right. right. Things will change. Yeah. We, we so know. now is the time to say, all right, well, let's look forward here. Let's making sure that you can protect every penny that you've saved from unnecessary taxes. Yeah. And, and I would say, Joe, because we talk to a lot of people, a lot of people ask us questions and and. Uh, what I would tell you is this, that most people don't really realize they have any control over their taxes, so they don't even think about it. They just give their tax stuff to their accountant, and they get their tax return back, and they say, boy, I paid a lot of taxes. What can I do to the accountant? The accountant says, well, I guess you could have put more money in your 401K. Maybe you should try that. I mean, maybe and not that these are not good ideas, but there's so much more that you got to do. And when you have a forward-looking tax plan, when you look out in the future and realize, gosh, what tax brackets am I going to be in this year, next year, and all the other tax years of my life? When you have a forward-looking tax strategy, you'll make different decisions today than you would have done without that strategy. For example, you might want to be aggressively doing Roth conversions right now because you realize that, man, when I get to 70 and a half, I'm in a much higher tax bracket than even I am right now working because I got Social Security, I got pension, and I got this required minimum distribution. So what you need to do right now is is have a forward-looking tax strategy created so that you can figure out what steps you need to do this year, next year, and the future so you can say, stay out of higher tax brackets coming. Uh, so show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Um, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in today in uh, every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon right here on AM 760 KFMB. If you want more information about our firm, go to purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com, one of the largest fee-only uh, registered investment advisor here in uh, San Diego. Uh, we manage $1.3 billion of client assets, have 1,300 clients, helping thousands more with overall financial and tax planning. Uh, President Obama came out with a proposal, this budget, that's going to affect some of you in regards to your overall retirement planning, estate planning, and other income tax uh, kind of loopholes, if you will. Uh, we talked about a few. It's like you know, uh, the, the backdoor Roth IRA. Uh, maybe adding RMDs or required minimum distributions uh, to Roth IRA accounts, looking at eliminating the stretch IRA. And if you missed any of this, uh, go back to our website at Pure Financial. You can listen to a podcast. Uh, Al, I think we should do actually a webinar since we we're should. all doing all sorts of webinars. Hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. All right, here's another one. Uh, prevent new retirement contributions for those with $3.4 million in account balances. Yeah, we have heard that one before, too. A couple too. years ago. Mm-hmm. And so if you have more than $3.4 million in a retirement account, um, you will be no longer able to contribute to retirement accounts. Right. So well, you can still save money, but I guess not sheltered from not, tax. Not sheltered. And I guess and, and it's how it was, and I assume it still is in the proposal, it's it's a moving target based upon interest rates. Yeah, it's the AFR rate, I believe, the, yeah. the applicable Fred right. rate. Right, so we've got low rates, so you can have $3.4 million, but when the rates go up to something more reasonable, that might go down to $2 million or a million and a half or something crazy like that. And then here's the repeal of net unrealized appreciation rules for employers stock in a retirement plan yeah we that's that one's been in there for a while too we don't know but it's uh, it's been on the chopping block here's what it is if you are employed at a company uh, that has any have company stock in your 401k 
when you retire, you're allowed to pull that stock out of your 401k and put it right into your brokerage account. And the only tax that you pay is what your tax on your cost basis. Like, I don't know, let's say you have $100,000 of Semper stock and it costs you 10000 bucks to buy it, whatever. So you pull it out, you put that $100,000 stock in your brokerage account, you only pay taxes, ordinary income taxes, on 10000 bucks. Now, when you do sell that stock, you will pay capital gains on $90,000, but capital gains is a lot lower rate than ordinary income rates. In fact, capital gains for most people, Joe, is 15%. The ordinary income tax rates go as high as 396 so it can be a huge tax savings. It's, uh, yeah. It's, so you can get tax out or get your stock out of your retirement account. And we've done this many, Quite many bunch times. Of times. How about you sell the stock in the, if you're in the 15% tax bracket or lower, you don't pay any capital gains at all? Well, that's the best of all worlds. So let's say you retire and you've got some savings to live off of. So you don't have to pull money out of your 401k. You can defer your Social Security. You don't start your pension yet. So you got no income. By the time you have your itemized deductions, you're negative. So then you sell this $100,000 stock and, and okay, you pay tax on $10,000, but you're still at zero taxable income. If you're married, you can sell 75000 of that $90,000 gain and pay zero tax because that's the top of the 15% bracket. And we know that capital gain income is taxed at zero when you're in the 15% bracket. It's right. pretty cool. Yeah, really. so if you understand how the tax law works, I mean, you could save tens. I mean, that's why we keep saying you can save tens of thousands of dollars with this if you just kind of put a t together an overall strategy and just make sure that you get all the information that you need. Knowledge is power, right? Uh, estate planning, I'm going to talk uh, – some of these are complex, uh, so I don't want to bore people. Uh, but establish 10-year minimum term for grants or grantor retain annuity trusts. Oh, wow. You know what? That's been on the chopping block for – 10, 15 years, right? It's Correct. never gone through. Yeah, it hasn't. Um, this is the first time I've seen this. Required property sold to um, an agdage, it's an intentionally defective uh, grantor trust. Oh, boy, we're pulling that out of the bag. Right, <laughs> to be included in the estate. Oh, really? Yeah, it's coming back. So, I mean, some of these strategies is for advanced estate planning. Yeah. And so you're trying to get assets outside of your taxable state in regards for the uh, death tax or the estate tax, and you're trying to transfer wealth to maybe the kids or some other yeah. um, people. And you, you're, you're gifting assets, and you're setting up some of these different trusts um, you know, to, to prolong or defer tax. And, I mean, there's a lot of cool things that you can potentially do. Yeah, there are. And so we're talking about, like, married couples right now that have more than $11 million. There's some really neat advanced estate planning, and this is one of those techniques. But what the IRS is saying is, you know what, I think we're not going to count that technique. We're going to put that back into yeah, the estate right. as if it never came out. So, therefore, they want their estate tax on that. You got it. Yeah. Um, create 90-year maximum term uh, to prevent dynasty trusts. Okay. So dynasty trusts, you know, they go into perpetuity. Yeah, right, right. And so forever. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they're like, hey, wait a minute, that's probably no. a little bit too long. Yeah. Let's just uh, create 90-year instead of forever. Interesting. Okay. Um, so limit total present interest giving uh, through crummy powers. So that's if someone sets up like maybe a um, irrevocable yeah. life, life insurance, insurance trust. trust. Yeah, or ILIT for short. And yeah. so then, you know, the, you have to give um, money to the kids and, you know, there's other um, trustees and, and so on. So there, there's just some changes. So if you have a high net worth and you're looking at some advanced estate planning tools or that you've done, uh, just be aware that they're, they're they're cracking down or they're looking to crack down on some of this stuff. Now, that would be one, Joe, where I, I, I feel somewhat safe in saying that if they make changes like that, they would grandfather in the old stuff because it's too unfair for those that had already done it. 
We'll see. We'll see, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we talked about this um, eliminating step up and basis replaced with deemed sale at death rules. So what that means is that now if you pass away, let's say I bought a house for $50,000 and it's worth a million dollars right now and I die and it goes to a beneficiary, and right there's no tax if they sell that property because the basis gets totally stepped up to a million, the so, date, of, yeah. date of death. So the, it's just like they bought it for a million dollars. You got right? it. So there's no one pays tax on that gain. I think this is a lot of people don't realize this. If you have real estate that you've owned for years, don't sell it right before you pass because you'll have to pay a bunch of tax on it. Right. Just die with that property. The kids get a step up in basis. They sell it. No tax to yeah, pay. And then don't put your kids on title either. Please don't do, do that. Do not do that. That's crazy because what happens is then they only get half of step up. You're thinking you're doing something tricky here. Oh, you know what? I got, I'm going to put my kids on title. and you know. No, don't do that. It's just going to hurt the kids tax-wise if they do ever eventually want to sell that property. Um, so a lot of changes potentially. You bet. Um, so this has been going on. It's good to be informed. I'm, we're not saying that this is going to happen. Right, But right. it could happen. Or, and do you have a strategy it. to make sure that you understand what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen right now? Because I think most advisors, they'd like to predict what they think is going to happen in the stock market, which is impossible. But this is black <laughs> and white. This is coming from the President of the United States of saying this is what we're proposing, what yeah. we would like to change. It's in the document. So then we could look at a forward-looking strategy to say, okay, well, let's put A and B together. Uh, for Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. We'll see you next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth.